As the year winds down, federal contractors are starting to prepare for 2020. Ahead, a Congress still unable to create a long-term spending package, and some new rules for contractors to follow in order to do business with the federal government. For Insight, Federal News Network's Eric White spoke with federal marketing consultant Larry Allen. The distraction caused by the possibility of the government running out of money is causing a slowdown in the pace of business as government officials meet internally to do what they have to do, really. They have to plan for continuity of operations. They have to make sure that they've got their internal HR procedures squared away on who's essential and who's not. So even if everybody, quote, knows, and quote, there's unlikely to be a shutdown, by law, there are still motions that agencies have to go through. They're going through them now. The result is it's a big distraction for the pace of business. Uh, that adds to the frustration for contractors uh, on top of the lack of any formal appropriations for any government agency. And at the end of the year, I imagine it's especially tough on contractors as they start planning for 2020. It is. I spoke with a company uh, just the other day, Eric, and uh, the senior executive from the company was asking me, isn't there any way we can get some degree of certainty on what's going to happen between now and the end of March, and my response is not unless you've got a much better crystal ball than I do, uh, because I'm not sure that we really do understand what's going to happen. It seems, Eric, uh, that Congress will pass a one-month continuing resolution to December 20th. What happens after that time is certainly going to be influenced by the impeachment proceedings, and the political factor of this is going to add a whole element of uncertainty. Uh, One thing I will say is that there has been more talk this year than in any recent year about the possibility of certain government agencies operating under a full-year continuing resolution. For contractors, that's a terrible outcome. In fact, it's a terrible outcome for for anybody who is in favor of good government management and in government agencies being able to effectively meet their missions. And yet, Uh, We're seeing a lot of rhetoric around that uh, uh, precise topic. Makes it very, very difficult for contractors to plan. Makes it very difficult for their government customers to plan. Uh, It's just not a good situation. Larry Allen is managing director at BDO. Let's talk about something that contractors do know is coming, and that's some new rules that are going to be applied to them in 2020. Um, What kind of impacts are you hearing that those may have on business? Eric, there are going to be a a number of rules, but the ones that I'm focusing on right now have to do with cyber maturity, the cyber maturity model coming out of uh, the Department of Defense. We're expecting to have an interim rule sometime this summer, right in time for federal busy season. Hooray. Uh, That'll throw a wrench into fourth quarter uh, business. Uh, That requires any company that's doing business with the Department of Defense, prime or sub, to be able to have its cyber plans, uh, cyber systems validated by a third party, meet that CMMC certification that's currently being developed uh, if they want to do business with the Department of Defense. That certainly is going to add to uh, expense, uh, particularly the third party validation part of this, which is going to fall unequally as a financial burden on small businesses. Uh, But as Uh, Problematic as that is, in terms of cost standpoint, we all want the government to be secure. So let's be clear there. Everybody wants the government to be secure. It's just the way they're going about this, putting the 
onus on contractors, which is not at all unusual, just as very expensive for contractors. But as as uh, onerous as that could be, I'm really looking at this covered telecommunications and other electronics equipment provision that's coming down for August of next year. Uh, we already have one in place, Eric, for companies uh, not allowed to sell covered technology, and that's, I think, well understood, or better understood anyway. Uh, the one that's coming down this next summer would prohibit companies from doing business with the government if they use any of those systems in their company, regardless of whether those systems are tied to the performance of a government contract. That's a pretty broad prohibition, and we're starting to get some talk about this in the industry, talking to see about just what type of a burden this would be and whether or not uh, Congress might be willing to take the foot off the gas a little bit here, make it a little bit more reasonable in terms of how companies can comply with it. But right now, particularly if you're a, a larger business with multiple uh, operations spread, spread throughout the country, you're going to have to take a pretty deep dive into your equipment to see where it came from. And if it came from the wrong places and you want to do government business, you're going to have to figure out how to replace it. Well, once again, that has the notion of added security. With the common goal being security, it seems as if the Defense Department has been willing, especially on the CMMC, has been willing to work with these smaller contractors. And there's a bunch of consortiums being created by these larger contractors to help the smaller businesses. Is the general consensus of you know, that from in the contracting community, in government and outside government, that, look, we all want the same thing. Let's work together on this. Eric, for the companies that are aware of what's happening, I think the answer to that question is yes. As you point out, there is good collaboration. The reason we know about these issues and can talk about them is because there have been multiple industry government engagement sessions, which is all uh, a good thing. Uh, the issue always becomes, what about those companies predominantly outside the Beltway that may not be paying full attention to this? They're probably doing at least half of their business in the commercial or state government markets, so they don't always have their eyes on the federal market, yet it's an important revenue stream for them. Uh, these are the types of companies that could be caught really unaware kind of at the last minute. So that's, a, that's a definitely a concern. I think when you're looking at cybersecurity, you're absolutely right in saying it's a basic understood good that the government should have secure systems and be buying uh, equipment that they have a reasonable expectation to be secure and will actually do what it says it's going to do uh, from responsible contractors. Nobody really is arguing with that. Uh, but there's a lot of questions about sharing the burden to ensure that, uh, that, gets, that those goals get met. The burden can't all be on industry, and if it is, all that innovation or a lot of that innovation that DOD says it wants from smaller, non-traditional government contractors is going to go right out the window uh, because those are the companies that don't have and can't pay for uh, the types of systems that these rules would require. So we need to strike a balance between innovation and security, and if we really want security, then we're going to have to have steps taken by folks in government to share the burden uh, and come up with protocols because it's not just 
contractor personnel that pose a risk uh, and systems that pose a risk. It's you know government people who don't follow the rules that they've been uh, instructed to follow that can cause problems too. Before I let you get out of here, I just wanted to see what you made of the recent numbers from the Government Accountability Office regarding uh, bid protests and how successful they were this year. Uh, Eric, I think that bid protests continue to be uh, an important consideration for any government contractor. The GAO statistic that jumps out at me is 44%. That is, 44% of the time a protesting company got something that it wanted from filing a protest at GAO. It may not have been and frequently was not a uh, sustainment of the original protest, but more frequently it was the agency pulling the uh, acquisition back, taking another look at it, maybe tweaking it a little bit, and then putting it back out to bid, which gave the contractor a chance to bid again another day, maybe this time uh, with some terms and conditions that they found a little bit more reasonable. So when you continue to have agencies pull RFPs back 44% of the time, uh, you have to think that uh, taking a shot with, so long as you have a reasonable grounds to protest, uh, is something that is a legitimate tool for contractors to have to protect their interests. Larry Allen is a federal marketing and sales consultant speaking with Federal News Network's Eric White. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.